It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021, and you're listening to The People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! All right, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code CHECKOUT, the steak at checkout, for 5% off anything in their store. Concealed carry holsters, handcuff holsters, baton holsters. If you're in any form of law enforcement or you just like training with firearms and gun belts, things like that, check them out. They have awesome stuff. Dump trays for EDC stuff. If you carry four knives, tourniquets, two lighters and all that good stuff. You can dump all your crap on an EDC tray by your dresser. Keep all your stuff somewhat organized. This episode is also brought to you by Man Rubs. Mm. Visit manrubs.com. Use the code STEAK15 at checkout. You could save 15% off anything in their site. Uh, T-shirts, coffee cups, um, legitimate barbecue rubs, anything uh, barbecue-related. It's all there. And they all, like we said last week, they have a blowtorch to help start charcoal. Who doesn't like playing with one of those? Yeah. You know, another thing I like playing with? Firearms. Facts. Yeah. And uh, Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms, he will get you squared away with all of your firearms needs. Mike's got pistols, shotties, rifles. You name it, he's got it to get you packing and defending the Republic. Street sweepers. Exactly. You can... Reach Mike on Facebook and also at 619-870-6992. He's a licensed FFL if you live in California, and he'll take care of those droves for you. No fun. Um, also, our friends over at Mediocre Medic, I don't know if you guys have seen their Instagram page, um, if you're listening, but we sure all have. And uh, their posts are pretty much fire. If you thought you knew everywhere you could stick a tactical patcher sticker, they'll prove you wrong. Exactly. Mediocre Medic. Those guys will get you tacked out um, and ready to go. Mark Joe Friday over at Dumpbox. Dumpbox.us. I just got my Zero Fucks Duck Blockbuster patch in the mail. Nice. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Holding the popcorn and the little Blockbuster card. Is that going on your dashboard? No, it's on the patch panel in my garage, which will eventually go in here when we clean it. Yes. I actually uh, found my Blockbuster card a couple months ago, and I threw it away, and I really regret it now. How dare you? You could have sold that bitch on eBay. I know, right? So Mark's got everything you need. Patches, stickers, flags. I'm wearing my Dangerous Goods Coronavirus Veteran T-shirt today. Classic. Mark Joe Friday at dumpbox.us will get you squared away with all that tack need. So get over there and check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Without further ado, let us introduce our very special and extremely distinguished guests. Um, just a major influencer out there right now. Uh, some call her a truth seeker, uh, finder of information, light bringer. Ooh, I like the light, light bringer, sounds cool. Yeah, you like that? My Maria 777, welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Exactly. Yeah, we are at your uh, humblest of mercies today for coming on down to uh, hang out with us. How are you? I appreciate the accolades, but. I'm just another one of y'all, you know, you, 
I said this to you in, in my RDMs. I was like, why didn't you just ask me if you wanted to do a podcast? I know. I was trying to, I was trying to simp a little bit. You were dancing around the subject. It sure was, as usual. So I'm sorry. I'm shy. We've been rejected a couple times. Yeah. Especially, Who I've been. Well, a lot of people I reach hey, out I to got, sponsors. I got turned down by Mike Lindell today, okay? You sure Shit did. Happened. I can't wait to touch on that later. So it's been a, uh, yeah, sometimes we just strike out and it's, it hurts a little bit. Well, pretty soon he's probably going to be. the worst be, thing they can say. Yeah. He's probably going to be entertaining all offers. Did they say no or sure they just leave you on red? Or they answered Oh, they did. They said no. Oh, I, I like that. That's respectful at least. I was going to hit them up too. I'll send them another email no that, we haven't responded to that one yet. I, le- I legit bought a pillow today. Nice. I was looking at their weighted blankets. Ooh, I didn't see that. I don't really want to spend $75 on a blanket. Well, I think if you get an answer from people who represent Mike Glendale, it's kind of like the same proxy that we talked about when, you know, people make a big deal that Donald Trump's companies at one point hired some illegals. You know, it's like if you think the people that dig the ditches that the buildings will eventually go in. Are hired directly by Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he, he oversees have, the hiring of everything. Yeah, you need to have your Personally. fucking head examined. So if you think getting an email back from some grad student who's working working for pillows and geese right, dreams, right? It was most definitely sheets. like a stock thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I oh. thought you sounded like you were done. I apologize, but he does that. I, I emailed his media group uh, from his like contact on his website, and so it's probably a stock thing. But then I came back and I was just like, hey, here's some Instagram posts you need to look at. The people want it. So they haven't responded to the second email. You keep hammering away at that. I'll be excited. That'd be a great show because he has turned on to Mike Lindell has basically manifested into the meme of the guy doing the conspiracy theory on the wall. Oh, yeah. He literally has. And all the the strings connecting the pictures. Did you see the post in the group chat of what promo code I used? Which was it? Yeah, it was 17, sure was. Yep. So. Why didn't you say that out loud? I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> he also sounds a I'm lot like, like Jesse a joke Ventura. I don't know about. If you listen to. Well, he's not an advertiser yet, so I wasn't trying to look. If you know. listen to him talk, he sounds just like Jesse Ventura. Kind of oh. does. Yeah. It looks like him a little bit, too. Like, What if it's Jesse Ventura in disguise? He shaves uh, a ponytail. Obviously less coked out, because what is it, from crackhead to CEO? Back to crackhead. Right, right. It was, yeah. Well, Maria, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you give our, our listeners a brief bio? There's a lot of people probably in your listener base who know exactly what you do, both online and in the real world. But I think some of our more bringing them in from the mainstreamers um, probably want to know what you're all about. Of course. I am essentially a LARP. <laughs> I... Uh, I'm a, a real person in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm an attorney, and because I'm an attorney, I felt as though three years ago when I got into this that I couldn't do all of this on my normal account, so I made this random anonymous account to start following people, and you know, about 55,000 people later, here we are, uh-huh. lots of deleted accounts, lots of ups and downs, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm an attorney in Nashville, and just another one of y'all trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the world. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you like to remain anonymous in this work. I think it uh, adds a certain level of, I don't want to say intrigue, but just... That's you know, a good word. Yeah, it's, it's drawing power, yeah. because you definitely know what you're talking about. Um, 
even though a lot of your shows go sideways. I mean, you guys are falling down some rabbit holes on some of your episodes, and then like you get bumped by another rabbit hole, and before you know it, you're in another one in of itself. But I think that, uh, you know, you're pretty well-versed in, in a lot of the stuff that's going on, and uh, I think it just, you know, adds to your drawing power. I mean, that's that's what I originally... I mean, I never thought that we'd be doing a podcast together, Um when I started listening to Sitting you. Sitting here one day together. Yeah, exactly. But I, th- I think the, uh, you know, the big part of it was uh, the things that you guys do on, on your show and, and some of the awesome guests that you have. So you've had some pretty heavy hitters um, on there, you know, that, that keep me coming back. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not disappointed in myself because I don't have regrets, but I talked about a podcast for so long and just didn't I I have all these great ideas like uh this year I turned 33 or last year I guess excuse me and so this year is all about capitalizing on my ideas whereas I would like have all these great ideas before and never do anything about them but had this idea for the longest time like had people that would ask me to do it and really wish I I had done it sooner yeah but having a hell of a time kind of flying by the seat of my pants and really no rhyme or reason to the show, but yeah, we go down lots of, lots of crazy rabbit holes. So if you like to talk, you know, the possibilities of time travel and the multiverse and politics and, uh, the deep state and psyops and simulation theory, then head on over and check me out. Cause you might, you might like what we hear, what you hear, but yeah, sometimes I feel like I need to get more of a format, but I don't know. We're just doing it this way for now. I was listening on my way here. It was pretty good. I think sometimes in life, like every, especially as an adult, like a family person, almost every hour of your day is formatted Uh a lot of times. So when you put on a show that doesn't have a set format, I think sometimes it can be like a relief of just hearing people talk and, and having a flow. Because sometimes you'll listen to podcasts and it's too structured. And every five minutes, there's a break, and every, and you, and every episode's the same with like a different. You know, we're running up against a hard break right plug. now. I got to cut you off. You know. Yeah. Things, yeah. And so I think when there's like a free flow of information, and <clears throat> like last week <clears throat> on Saturday, we were supposed to do an hour show with the guys from We the People, and it turned into three hours. Yeah, we, we we were actually pretty firm both of that. You know, they had stuff going on that they were both doing, and and it just flowed. Yeah. And I think that is a lot more authentic than having like a set. You know, this every five minutes we're going to switch topics and do this, and I think that's what you lose when you have a legitimate producer and, and probably like a big name behind your You're podcast. Ron's not a legitimate producer. Thanks. I'm saying we're not funded by <clears throat> Ronald Fox or NBC or. Well, that's what happens when you watch those mainstream media. Like, you get a guest on their show and they start interviewing him, and he starts giving like a really good point. And they're like, you know what? I don't like what he's talking about. Turn on the music. Commercial. Oh, turn on the music. Oh, sir, we got to go. Like, fuck you. So you mean what happened to Mike Lindell yesterday on Newsmax? I don't know if it, it. you guys saw that. Essentially, yeah, he, he, he right, which is why Mr. Pillow, uh-huh. come on my podcast, and I will let you say whatever you want. We want to hear Tell all, me all about Dominion. Yeah, exactly. We want to hear all about yeah. those Dominion voting machines. Let it rip. So, and he's got a fantastic mustache. We'll just both start working on him. For we'll me, like, like in podcasting, I I love listening to music, but I just kind of got bored with listening to the same things over and over again, even though they're my favorites. Uh-huh. And I keep, I do this thing where I, I'm kind of almost like searching. I used to listen to Dave Ramsey a lot and I was paying my debt off and I was always looking for like that same person who had that debt free scream that was similar to me. 
and I never found them, but I was always like looking for very similar characteristics. And so I kind of think of that like in podcasting, like I was looking for somebody that, you know, wanted to talk about all of these crazy things in one conversation and I couldn't find it. And then finally I got my shit together and was like, well, if I can't find it, I need to put it out there. But then at the same time, I love that like you all started a year ago, but like James from We The People Radio that you were just talking about, some of my other friends and our kind of little podcasting group, we all just like randomly started in July and August. And I love the synchronicity of that. So it's a weird world out there. Podcasting is fun, though. Sure is. It's cool to see like people we don't know comment and interact because I think, what was it, the first six episodes was us just... Variety. You could call it variety, but it was just us getting blasted. And then <laughs> when, and when we connected, yeah, we were like eating food live on air and it was just oh, yeah. horrendous. Um, but when the direction shifted, it was fun to have an actual purpose because I love podcasts and I wanted to do one. I just didn't know what to do it about. So we would just press record and then let it rip. Yeah, but I started at sick for breakfast, number one. And I was just like, what is this? There's like 10 minutes of just, oh. When I listen to the first six episodes of this show, I literally make the Gran Torino face while I'm in my car drive. Yeah. I think we all think that about our shows, though. You know, no, but these, like, those my, were, like, what you hear uh, on the podcast now Amazon. is... It's like three it's, hours of just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Can't this world. Talking about while I'm eating equipment. and yeah. burping. So. Well, and, and I always tell people when I point them to our show, I'm like, go to like episode 10 or start at the election night. Yeah. Well, don't you know, start when we did the live. One. We'll start at the first hour of the election night yeah, and get to the next one. That ended up with us freezing our nuts off, eating on the microphone, but we were just doing a live one. But after that is when, you know, the good info started to come in and we started jiving. But up until that point, it was just kind of Jimmy rigging it every week. And now we have better equipment and um, more of a purpose. Yeah. And you and I were talking off air that the camaraderie between us four clicked so quick where it's a natural, we don't have to rehearse anything. There's no like, hey, you need to speak more. You need to do that. Or it's just, it all clicked pretty good. And it's cool to see people interact um, that we don't know that are fans of the show. But it's also funny when I tell them, don't listen to the first six episodes. Um, you can, but <laughs> you're going to be wanting to sit down for that one because it's ever just nonsense. You know, like that. We're just going to have to delete those. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get rid of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. I think I started like the one right before the election, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's episode seven. That's the first one we started about. Yeah. Uh, It was pretty funny last week. And and we'll just touch on that one more time. When we were talking with James and Ant from We the People Radio podcast, they said some of their most stressful shows, both organizationally and flow wise, was when all four of their members are present. And I think that's the one big. Uh, difference that we have between theirs and ours because we were telling them like we all work together but we're not outside of work friends really like this is the only time during the week that we hang out period like yeah. i don't hang out with anybody yeah two of us have families and but i'm still saying like you you still hang out with them more than you hang out with your regular friends you know like you kind of qualify them to the side but but you have that's the friends? thing i like about the movement they're like what regular friends the pe- yeah, I was going to say, I don't have regular friends. <laughs> we all work That's what like, I like about the movement. We work like six days a week. We don't have any regular if friends. If by regular friends, you mean my three dogs, then yeah. yes. I like what you said about <laughs> upgrading your equipment, though, because I like people ask me about podcasting all the time, like, what do you use? What should I buy? 
Like you got to start from the bottom and build yourself up. Like uh-huh. there's something to be said for that sweat equity. You know, oh, yeah. if you just like walk into it with a fancy mic, I don't know. Yeah, you might. Sound I appreciate good, but... like you're like what you're talking about. Like I went through as well. Uh-huh. James went through as well. Like James is just finally getting a microphone for the first time. <laughs> I, I still can't believe that. I mean, they, they talked about it both before and after the show and they, and they were talking about it going into that episode last week where they were just like, yeah, we can't believe how great you guys sound. But man, we're still doing it on laptops. This yeah, was the first microphone. That was the OG. I don't know if just trash. Those are $7 on yeah. uh, Amazon. Excuse me, I'm speaking. And I for sure, when I plugged that in, I, I thought it was broken. Sm- I used to smash these when I used to play in a band. Yeah, th- well, y- this must have came from your band because when I plugged it in, it sounded <laughs> like shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, it, it's, it's just all relative, you know, that something you're passionate about, which is this. And it's not just getting together because even if we weren't, part of this movement of political education, you know, and, and part of this, I would say revolution. Yeah. Great awakening. I love both sides. I love the fact that we get into information and sometimes we do go down rabbit holes, but I also love the fact that we get together, we have a couple beers and we could be talking about anything and I would be happy putting out content, but I'm even more happy that we're putting out stuff that is literally going to make history. And we talked about this with the guys last week that in 20 years, we'll be able to say during this dark time, that we didn't sit back and just, you know, damn, this sucks. I can't believe they stole that. Like, we were out here producing information. Yeah, this and, is what we were thinking. Yeah, exactly. we were doing what we could to educate people to further this movement instead of, and, and you too, Maria, but a lot of people on our side are, are scared and they're, maybe their Twitter got shut down and their Facebook is nuked and, and they just sit back and they go, damn, this is a crazy time. But for us and you and the We The People guys and Orange Man Bad podcast, like all those guys, Keep trudging, and then you know your Instagram gets shut down, and what do you do? You create a new one, and you create a backup one, and then you adjust, and that's just the time that we're living in. You got to keep pushing and keep furthering the information, and that's what I love about doing this is that it's almost like you're part of something that's bigger than four guys on a beer bong table. Um, beer bong? Beer bong? What did I say? Oh, beer pong. Beer pong. Sorry, it's been a while since I've been to a frat party. <laughs> um, but we're part of a movement, and I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, in 20 years, when Trump's in office still, <laughs> after he gets rid of um, term limits, that we'll be able to say, you know, during that dark time when Biden was crapping his pants in the whole office, we were out here at least making effort to educate people and to, to spill the truth, you know. Hey, speaking of accounts getting nuked. Oh, we got nuked already? No, but we're back, we're back in the game on Twitter. Oh, I saw that, yeah. But saw we're that. off the game on Instagram, right? What? No. I no. thought we got Shadow Banned. Shadow Banned isn't nuked. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, just man, like you have to type the temporary time timeout. Yeah. yeah I mean, have you have to type the entire name. Yeah, type in the entire name. So, like every letter almost. Steak podcast. Can I, can I respond to some of the stuff y'all were saying? Yes, please. Okay, so I think it's interesting what you're saying about. First off, I guess I want to say, I. I'm envious of you all that in that, like we were just saying that we don't really have any friends in real life about this stuff, but like, at least you have each other. Uh, I, I don't have anyone that I could just like sit around and like drink a couple beers with and chill and talk about the kind of stuff we're talking about just in, in real life. But what I do love about the movement and like you were just saying, like, we're just kind of four guys, but you know, I don't know if you, are you guys on telegram? Do you have yes. a telegram yet? Yes. I'm in your, I, uh, Con- I'm that thing is out of control. Yours is ridiculous. I love a telegram and I have this crazy, crazy chat and we talk like there's always like 15 people talking in there all the time. And it's just these like beautiful, energetic, like 
conversations that you would literally never have with individuals that you would never have met, but for what we're doing here. And I just like love the quantum of all of that in this kind of like string theory kind of way we connect to each other. But you were also saying that people are so scared and they're afraid to talk out loud about these type of things. And we have to be those people that talk out loud about it Mm -hmm. to like push the movement forward. But what it's so interesting to me is like I look back three years ago when I made this account and I was worried about the possibility that, okay, a client or a prospective client or an attorney that I work with would be looking at my profile, would be looking at my, the people that I follow and then evaluating them on some sort of way and judging me for that. And, and when you break that down and you actually like talk it out like that, the possibility that that's happening, I think is actually so acute, but perception is reality. So we, we get ourselves to this place where we're worried that like everyone's watching us Uh and everyone's judging us. And on some level, everyone is watching and everyone is judging, but we're so scared into submission that we just don't do anything. And and that's the NPC of it all. That's the psyop of it all. Yep. But I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to see you all do what you do. I'm, I'm envious that you have your in-person friends. I think just based off of standard of living, we all, well, at least three of us, wish that we were in Tennessee right now because we'd be number one balling yeah and number two balling because no state income tax fuck yeah I've had a I've had a good time in Nashville yeah I've been through Tennessee I think once and I I miss it I've never been often I want to go I don't think I've been to that part of the country if it's a that'd be a great place to settle down I mean like all places there are some garbage places but for the most part it's a pretty awesome I've been to 40 of the 50 States, and I think that's one of the few. I've been to 40 states. Oh my gosh, states? you yeah. need to come to Tennessee. Oh, we have mountains, we have lakes, we have no income tax, we have country and barbecue. You and had me at no income tax. You had me at barbecue. <laughs> yeah, the barbecue is really good. Damn it. Ooh, Memphis. California sucks so bad. Oh, it's the worst. Have you ever been out? I mean, I'm sure you've been out here, but have you, you've never lived here, right? No, my sister lives in Los Angeles. So I've only been out there like Sorry a handful of times. Every time I, I go to LA for anything, I'm like, why in the fuck did I drive up here? Yep. Because you're stuck in traffic for like 12 hours. Four or five I, I think of Los Angeles as this huge mega Trash metropolis. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's worse. It's crazier than Nashville. And distance, this is distance. And I went out there and realized that I was sitting in an hour and a half of traffic to go 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that big at all. And none of it makes sense. Zero of it. I, I, I detest Los Angeles. but The last know. time I drove through LA, I was driving from Sacramento because I was coming home from school from Oregon. I don't know why I did this. I, by chance, drove through LA the night they had a Dodgers game <laughs> and a Lakers game. And I was in traffic. It took me to get to Magic Mountain out of LA City. It took me six and a half hours. That's like a oh. with no traffic, thirty minute drive at the most. Yeah, and I was like about to just I would run on the freeway and jump in front of something, but nothing was moving. So I was just like, "There's not even <laughs> I can't even like off throw, myself right here." Throw yourself into a car. Well, into a some of the car. some of the freeways up there, like they're so like just jam packed together, like uh-huh. side by side. That even on a motorcycle, I've been up there like, "Oh, I'll just take my motorcycle; it'll be faster." Wrong. I'm like you can't even get through with a freaking bike. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, I would love to go to Tennessee. I told my wife, because <clears throat> I'm like one more dumb political uh, 
decision away from moving to Montana uh-huh. and just buying a cabin in the oh woods. Oh my God, I love Montana. I want to build, I'm going to buy two acres there this year and build five black A-frames on it. What? I want to go check That's that out. Goal. Yeah, solid. But I'm like, Montana's a place. And then I'm like, well, if this dude, if this, which we're thinking is not going to last, but if Biden and Harris and all these other libtards stay in office for four years, which whoever is running the show, California is going to be like the model. Yeah, it's going to be patient zero for what a lot of the country. I mean, look at Texas. No one would have thought if you would have said four years ago, Texas is going to be purple this election. You would have probably questioned that a little bit. And Montana's really close to being purple, too. I'm questioning it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, just saying. Oh, look at that. We're back at the Dominion voting machines. And circle back. We're going to circle back. We're going to circle back that one. <sighs> All right, Maria, I know you ask a lot of your guests, um, but I would like to let you tell our listeners um, about what was your. Like red pill event, what really woke you up to maybe not even where you're at now, but just to a broader view of what you thought was going on or was reality, and then to really start to question that and and, and kind of wake up to you know your eventual progression to where you're at now. I don't know that I can pinpoint one specific time I've I've always had this manner of like presenting myself as like a very normal person while feeling like completely abnormal at the same time. So like the, I've never understood what we're doing here. Like I used to question that to myself. Like, what does this all mean? Like I, I always, I like, I loved the Sims game when I was little and uh-huh. I, I think it really just lends to where I'm at at this point in my life. But uh, I always, I, I used to get in trouble for, like reading books that were like on the banned list at Catholic school or like getting like I'm not to do my own horn, but like school came very easily to me and like that stuff bored me. So I would just like sit in the cl- back of the class and like read or something like that. And I'd read things that would get me in trouble or I would talk about things that would get me in trouble. So some of it just kind of feels inherent at the same time. I definitely went through a period of like teens into twenties where I was at, NPC like and just kind of a cog in the machine in that type of way. Yeah. But uh, I've always been very curious. I really, really got deep into this stuff about this time three years ago in 2018. My fiance at the time got into Q and he was trying to introduce it to me and I was kind of like resistant and uninterested at first. And then I just like, got balls deep obsessed with it and made this account and never really looked back. But then at the same time, like I've become very, very spiritual and like esoteric this last year. So it's interesting to look back and kind of see at times how I hate this word woke, how kind of woke you were, how, how like thin the veil was for you. Like you looked back at times where like I was really close to like seeing something or understanding something, but kind of the agent Smith effect comes in and shuts that off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense at all? Sure yeah. does. It's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. So you've told me that kind of your ideology right now, which would probably include more things based off what you just said, is a black pill pragmatist and a red pill idealist. Um, I've listened to a lot of your shows, definitely at least the last dozen in a row. 
Um, Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I wouldn't call it like your political journey, but just <laughs> I've seen like a roller coaster of emotions in regards to all the stuff that's gone on from at least October-ish all the way up through like maybe January 20th. There were highs, there were lows, um, excitement, and also, you know, probably a little bit of defeatism. You know, what do you think uh, or how do you feel right now based on the current political landscape? And that's not really like just a pointed question. I could care less about your political affiliation. Like anyone who wants to know how you feel about politics in general can go back and listen to the shows. But it's just a, like it's a theater. Yeah, it's exactly. Up. <laughs> it's really turning out to be one, right? Actually, I think it's a bunch of like maybe two or three of them all kind of riding light around, right along next to each other on like a big subliminal freeway. Okay, so the question was, you want me to explain my position and then talk about what I think is going to happen? Yeah, just like, I mean, you know, you know, emotionally where you're at now uh, on like okay. a political level and then like, you know, how that has okay, been I over the you. last couple months. Yeah. So I'll probably be a lot more honest right now than I am on my podcast sometimes because Get it. I define like, I, I like to say that I'm a pragmatic black pill black pill individual or I've taken the black pill in that like I I'm an attorney again I went to law school and law school literally changes the entire way that you perceive the world the entire way that you take in information that you retain information how you find information and I can't explain that to you uh, but even if I never practice law again like the money I spent on just that change in the way that I think was definitely worth it so I evaluate things on like what I call varying levels of the PSYOP. So like we can talk straight black pill hypothetical. We can do, you know, straight red pill hypothetical. We can intertwine all these different variables in there. And that goes back to like the Socratic method, something I wish that we learned more of in elementary or secondary school. But what you really learn in law school, you get cold called on and you have to stand up and you studied a case the night before. And so the, the teacher then asks you questions about it and you have to argue one side of the case. They'll stop you in the middle of it. You have to argue the other side of the case. But that type of learning and rhetoric and the, that changes your way of thinking. And so you can look at things on both sides of the coin. So I, I like that about myself. I, I try to do that as much as I can on my profile, but it's difficult, you know, because I talk about how the two-party system is a psyop all the time, that there's this blue box and this red box, and they've convinced everyone that you have to stuff yourself in to one of these boxes, and you can't think outside of that. And unfortunately, people take the red pill, and they walk away from that type of thing, and then they get into Q, and they stuff themselves into this Q box, and like they can't, they can't think outside of that. They can't think outside of trust the plan. Yeah. So sometimes I kind of have to dribble stuff out, and be more of the idealist one day but like at my core i am pragmatic and it's i'm black pill nothing's going to change um unless something catastrophic happens that like the entire system has to break as the attorney i i don't see anything better than like the current three levels of government checks and balances like i think in theory on paper minus corruption and fraud like that's a really good way to govern. Mm -hmm. I, I think that could work. 
I think the electoral college makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the people in Montana need to have the same, you know, one man, one vote uh, as the people in Los Angeles. But without literally actually draining the swamp, nothing is ever going to change. Yeah. And people also think they look at things and like, oh, God damn, Q's going to save us. Trump's going to drain the swamp and like we're going to fucking live down the rainbow road. And they like every year there will be new deep state people. There will be new members of a, a different cabal. And maybe it won't be one centralized one if that even exists. But you're always going to have an antagonist and people just keep sitting on their asses waiting for something to change. So that's my that's my black pill version of Maria. But then at the same time, like I'm a romantic, like I would just want to love Q. Like I want the red pill to be true. Like I want the the future AI Tyler that created anonymous and Q in my opinion, like I want all of this to be real. And this kind of like quantum awakening is happening. I don't know where we are, but that that's how I kind of talk about things. Like I wish I could be more real sometimes and just like call a spade a spade, but yeah. people aren't ready for that. And I can't have this single, the same conversation every time I have a podcast. So you know, sometimes you hear the romantic and sometimes you hear the black pill. It just depends on my emotional roller coaster. No, that's, a, that, that's a really good point. And it's one of the ones that we made with uh, James and Ant last week when we had the podcast was that, you know, looking at it from those, let's just break it down, those two angles, the black pill, you know, realist, and then the red pill, more of the romantic. For me... Like you said, for you, it, it, it's it's like might be the enormous global movement that Q has been over the last four or five years. I think part of that is it for us, probably more for me because these guys are a little bit new to the game. But I just think like when you talk about the romantic aspect of it, it was the repatriating of the country over the last four years. It's those videos where you have some good song playing and it's like just file footage of Donald Trump walking through those seas. Like a final countdown, just like. Yeah, it's just like, you know. YMCA. It's something that like you would have in your brain that you would want America to look like, what you would want its leaders to represent, but we've actually physically landed in that timeline, which I still think this is the best timeline ever. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, besides dinosaurs, which was probably cool, but I mean, like in general, dinosaurs are a psyop. <laughs> don't, yeah. tell my, don't tell my son that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't tell my son that either. <laughs> Fossil fuels are not real. It's a complete psyop. Well, I mean, that does make a lot of sense if you think the entire theory of fossil fuels is that all of the dinosaurs melted into them and now we put them in our car. That just sounds retarded. I mean, that's some Alex Jones shit right there. But um, be honest with you. I'm oh, I thought one of you imitated that first. <laughs> wow! Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> Can't see two of you, but no, no. Alex, I wish Jones, I Alex Jones is here. He's uh, sitting behind Dakota. I mean, yeah. we're, we're probably one of the only jobs. He's you can a get fucking right now. cuck. Just oh, he, <laughs> how dare you! It, we we played an epic rant of him crapping on Q, and then I sent you that remix version that Alex Jones actually made of talking crap about Q yesterday. It was it was pretty funny, but. I mean, he's just one of those people, he's like a now banned Tucker Carlson, uh, where if he doesn't get the story and he doesn't get the lead and he doesn't get his 
Infowar exclusive that he just kind of has a meltdown and says, oh, you know what? If they won't talk to me, they're fucking fake. They're fucking bullshit. Yeah. And, and that's it. That's the heartbreaking thing with people. Like, Alex Jones, I think, I used to love Alex Jones. But people get too big to fail, and then they get sponsored by all these companies, and then they're on the payroll, and, like, we and always talk about it. And then he wants to get choked they out. They lose their like, idealism. <laughs> yes. They sell yes. out to the man, and that's why they're both cut. Yes. I mean, a lot, of people, a lot of people forget, for years, Tucker Carlson was a bow tie wearing, uh, proper part having. He's a southern boy. Yeah, liberal cuck on NPR. And then you could duck, duck, go that one, but it would, it would amaze you to say, if you look at Tucker Carlson and some of his political views from the, you know, 90s, so it's you just... you could say the same about Trump. Yeah. Because they're all actors for hire. It's all a theater. Come on. No, no, you, you you do make a good point there. I think Trump as a businessman for a majority of his career has po- probably played both sides of the coin and to whatever lined his pockets oh, the fastest. He's a gray hat. He's yeah. like Elon for me. Like they're gray hats. They're opportunists. They're going to go to where they make money, you know, and Trump played the cards the way he needed to play them at the time. So you know, that's a, like a hard argument for me. Like, oh, he was this. He was that. Because all those people in, in politics and power... They're all just going to where the money's at. Did he evolve into a different role when he became, when he started this movement in regards to the president? Because, I mean, the last five years for him, at least, has been the antithesis of making money. Say it again a little slower. Yeah, say it slower. (laughs) (laughs) I dare you. Do do you think that role changed for him a little bit? Well, I have have many a rabbit hole theory. I, I think he's been playing the long game for a very long time. I think that we also evaluate his business on like what we see on hotel wise, but like he's got a lot more going on than that. Like I think he's probably always making, I'm not worried about him making money at all. No, I don't think he was And declaring bankruptcy on certain businesses is is extremely strategic in nature and doesn't mean that you don't have money. Yeah. Everyone does that. But I have a very wild theory that Trump being the originator of the Obama birther movement uh-huh. is all very intentional uh-huh. and that he, okay. Am I, can I go down this? Can you go know down what? I, I, I was going to bring it up later, Let but I rip. think this is a good little, yeah, I'm pulling, I'm pulling the, uh, the lawnmower cord right now. Let Look, it go. Th- here's the deal. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I, never, I haven't heard I never know I heard gonna end. Where's the rest of it? So, Okay. Back when Obama was originally running for president, there was the birther movement. Uh-huh. Is he a citizen? Is he not a citizen? Where's his birth certificate? Does it exist? And you can look on Wikipedia, for, of all places. Uh, it says that Trump was one of the originators of that. So if we're going into this like quantum time traveler, Baron Trump omnibus theory, like uh-huh. perhaps this is all synchronistic and very intentional. Okay. So then you have Loretta Fuddy, who is the... Hawaiian State Department of Health official that certifies birth certificates. God and rest she's her soul. certified Obama's birth certificate. And then miraculously, she's in an eight-seater plane and it takes off from Hawaii and maybe goes a couple hundred yards. Did it fall in a volcano? And no, it falls into the water. Oh, that's a shame. Everyone oh. survives except for her. Somehow, it just took off. This literally happened in a matter of, of minutes. There are scuba people on scene filming it. And then on this film, 
you see her get pulled down underwater by a scuba guy. Uh-huh. I have this on my Twitter. It's saved. So that ability goes out the window to kind of like set that aside in some sort of way. Anyways, uh, fast forward eight years of Obama's presidency. Ugh. What if okay. he takes all the legal people he has that work for works for him and he says, all right, I want you to issue a pardon for every crime that exists for each of these individuals mm-hmm. and make it retroactive and make it prospective and do it in secret and I don't want anyone to know about it. Could that happen? I don't fucking know. But they do shit in secret all the time, so mm-hmm. why not? Like, roll with me on this. I like to call these blanket pardons. Of yeah. course, there would probably literally be an individual one for each individual crime, but let's call it a blanket pardon. So maybe he does that for... Every one of his friends, every one of the cronies of the deep state, because you go back and you look at the bleaching of the server and all of the crimes that Hillary committed that what I call are are per se violations. So there normally when you evaluate a crime, you have the mens rea, which is the uh, mindset, the intent to perform a crime. And you have the actus reus, which is the actual act of the crime. And so in a per se violation statute like that, There's no evaluation of intent. Uh If you do it, you shall be punished. And Comey comes in and says, you know, I know Hillary did these things. And I know she lied about it. I know she hid it. But I don't really think she meant anything by it. So we're not going to prosecute her. And we've now had four years of Trump's presidency where we kept waiting for this swamp to be drained and 190,000 indictments to be unsealed. And nothing happened. And I never thought that Hillary, Obama, or any of these people would actually get arrested. But maybe my theory used to be somehow Trump sets aside Obama's executive order. Well, now they've perfectly laid this out because they're trying to impeach Trump right now. And if you read the Constitution, it says that a sitting president may be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors. So the House is at either recognizing Trump as a sitting president and is therefore going to proceed on a trial of impeachment in the Senate, or they are attempting to modify the Constitution and allow a person who is no longer a sitting president to be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors. So is this all intentional? Is this all part of the movie? Is this all part of Trump's plan that he can't set aside Obama's secret executive action without setting aside his presidency, and you can't set aside his presidency because you can't impeach someone who's no longer a sitting president. So now he gets the House to somehow modify the Constitution, and he goes through it. His, he's acquitted of the charges, and now he says, all right, like here's my plan I've been working on for 12 years. Let's impeach Obama for crossfire hurricane or the multitude of crimes he's likely committed. Oh, by the way... Here's these blanket pardons that existed. I'm going to set these aside now. They're void on their face. And everybody gets arrested. I don't know. That's my crazy theory. But, like, the more I speak it into existence over the last year, it seems to be possible. No, I don't I, know. I, I mean, like you, you make a really great point because you, you talk about these things. And it's funny because a lot of the shit that the QAnon bunch gets, right, for some of the things that kind of drive that movement, people just say either sounds retarded or is completely unrealistic. 
But then if you go over the course of the last 12 years and you've seen some of the stuff that has literally played out, I mean, everything from, like, the newest stuff, like Stop the Steal and villainizing some of the country's greatest heroes and, and hardest workers, like the police, General Flynn. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. We love her. We love Cheetah Print, too. It's a tradition. Sorry. Yeah. But all the way down to all the literal crimes that we've seen played out. Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Obama, Biden. Okay, like Uranium One, Ukraine. Yes. The, the yeah. things that the Democrats do in the deep state, what it does is they commit a crime, they create a psyop, they do something, and then they immediately accuse somebody else of doing the same thing they just did. Yeah, like, projection. The whole... Yep. Like 2016 Russian blah 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 bullshit, they did that. Yep, 100. percent Yeah, they're projecting and their they, crimes on somebody else. They controlled the narrative, and they marketed what happened to the country. And they because they had the control of the narrative, Trump couldn't be like blah 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 blah. It wasn't me. Yeah. And they project everything. Yeah. All the time. Well, and we talked last week with, with the We the People guys that. Oh, man, I just forgot what I was going to say. Wow. I love that. God damn, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus. Fuck, I can't believe I live in this country. Oh, God, fuck. Okay, It'll here's something. It'll come back to me. It'll come While you're thinking. I think that Obama, and I can't remember, it was either 2013 or 2016, but part of the, the Budget Act that year was uh, Obama authorized the essentially that the, the government could use propaganda on its citizens. Uh-huh. And I think that's essentially what they did with pushing Russian collusion on us. Of course. Like legally. And nothing's wrong with what they did there. And the media's not, you know, guilty of I mean it is guilty of defamation, but it's not because this whole propaganda thing is allowed and that's why the media is working with the government like that. At the same time, that's how I think Trump is involved with Q through the propaganda act. Because theoretically, like let's I, I say this all the time and everyone gets their panties in a twist. Q is a psyop, uh-huh. but when I say psyop, I'm just saying that that's psychological warfare. Somebody is trying to influence your mind in a certain way, or um, it's fake. If you, I, I use that term all the time. But whether Q is good or bad is up for you to decide. Hmm. But it still is a psyop at the end of the day. And, and I think so. For, for, it still is propaganda, and that's how I think that tr- that Trump was involved. Yeah, and and I think for a lot of people who you know want Q to be. Or they made Q in their head to be a certain person or persons, whether it's JFK Jr., whether it's some top of the chain military, you know, officials and stuff of that nature. To be able, well, well you just have to look at it on like the the absolute plainest scale. Can I, as a normal person who knows nothing about the movement, literally ask you where can I find? We'll just put it out there. One, one, one of the better sources, Patriot Insider, right? Where can I find that information or where can I find a legitimate Q map? You can tell me. I can put it into my regular browser on my phone and then I can read every single thing that everybody that is supposedly involved in the movement reads. So to think that like all of these things are like secret or just available to people who are either you know testing the waters in the movement or in the movement mm-hmm. and to not think that some of our like you know, intelligence agencies and everybody else in the planet yeah. can look it up is naive. That's number one. Number two, to think that like, you know, 
something like that starts and ends with a group of high-ranking military officials or somebody like, and I'm just putting a face on it, JFK Jr., walking out on stage and everything being okay, in my opinion, that's also a little naive. And I, and I, and I know that's a big driving force in the movement. You know, I grew up in the Northeast, the tri-state area. I idolized, kind of romanticized with Donald Trump growing up. We talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was just there in our face. He was on the face of every tabloid, every newspaper, always on yeah. the TV. Everything he was doing, whether He's it was larger like... Larger than life. Right, where Donald Trump farted to who he divorced and was getting remarried to next week. You know, he was just there for us. And, and he became like almost like a pseudo-parental figure. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he kind of defined what like macho was back in that day. But to think that you could just hang that whole movement on like one person or persons is also probably a little naive because mm-hmm. the, the extreme coordination for something like the eventual, what like the people who got fixated on the January 20th date was, you know, kind of defeats the whole purpose. I personally feel like the PSYOP of Q was to really literally wake up the masses to open a lot of people's eyes. And I think it's across the political spectrum. It's not if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's not if you're a conservative or a liberal. It's not if you're trad fam or whatever the opposite of that would be. Mm-hmm. It's just, you Space know, aliens. cat mom. It's just one of those things to where it's like lizard people. We have all of these people now whose eyes are opening on so many different levels, going down so many different rabbit holes. I think we're at a point to where it's time for, I don't want to say leaders, but people who kind of have a little bit of it wrapped around their brain right now to sure. kind of start grabbing these people and bringing them in and being it like, hey. leaders. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It you've you've like talked about it on your show. Somebody needs to shape the narrative. Yeah. And, and for at least, I guess, technically for the next four years, or at least in the short term, it's not going to be Donald Trump. You know, it's not. I, I, th- I think he was, a, a, like you said, connected to it. Uh, I think he went from between, I think he kind of evolved from a gray to a white hat. I really do. I, I just hear some of the things he says, and maybe it's just me being biased, but when he talks about, like, the way his family and this, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. He gave up so much, and there's so many loose ends that you can't tie up in regards to just protecting your family from outside harm. I mean, he's got so many kids. They have husbands and wives. They all have children. It's just it's just not um, logical to think that they could always all be protected from people that would harm him for being a part of this movement. I, I really think he's graduated towards, towards White Hat. He might not be fully there yet. I, I do agree with the career opportunist, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's financially based, but I also think... There has been something going on with him behind the scenes because he's just made comments Every, over the years. Everyone's an opportunist, though, at the same time. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. For us to like just collectively put people, it, it's back to the two-party system that mm-hmm. we're like white hats, black hats. Like nobody's white all the time. Nobody's black all the time. Yeah. No. Like I guess we just we try to fit things in like neat little boxes yep. all the time, yeah. and we just need to just kind of just call spades the spades yeah. that they are. Because then when you get into time space. Time travel, multiverse, quantum theories, that all that bases off fluidity, constant fluidity, ever changing. So to think that like it wouldn't trickle down into the human form yeah. w- w- would just be you know not something that's a, a reasonable way of looking at it. But I just want I just want to know you, you brought up leaders and we talked about the QAnon movement. And, and it was it was it was bigger than that because 
and it's again something I brought up last week. There was almost a two million member boomer Joe Biden is not my president <laughs> page on Facebook. Um, you can find all the anons out there with all the boomers who were waking up. The mainstream people who were walking away dur during the Stop the Steal movement and over the course of the last, you know, four or five years. We all know January 20th was a big letdown, but to get fixated on physical dates and times is just not a good way of looking at it. I, I think we're all on the same page with that. Where do you think it stands now? And more importantly, where do you think it goes from here, you know, moving forward? Because you've mentioned ideas that you have on your show in regards to bringing a lot of these people, you know, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say back towards anything, but just, just kind of like getting us all organized now. Right. So I, I'm going to put my, my red hat ideal, idealist hat on. Love that hat. And we got to, like, it's a, it's a silly saying, but like we got to be the change we want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. So how does that begin? Uh, I'm going to be the biggest idealist and say that I'm going to start a new political party. I don't know what it's called yet. But I, I, everyone's like, oh, Maria, be, be affiliated with the Patriot Party or the Patriotic Party or whatever's coming out. Uh, I don't trust anyone. And I sure as hell don't trust anybody that's currently in politics. I don't care how green you are. I don't care if you're Trump. I, I don't want to be affiliated with anybody that's like knee deep in the swamp right now. Uh -huh. So I think we have to mobilize together. I think that a hallmark of a new movement has to be the destruction of the career politician because the career politician has taken the, you know, notion of no taxation without representation, the hallmark of the 1776 of it all uh -huh. and perverted that to, they seek their own self-interest instead of representing the, instead of being the civil servant that they are. And so I think by, requiring a constitutional amendment that um, has uh, congressional term limits, I think you, d you destroy the career politician that way. You destroy the 47-year-old Joe Biden in Congress. And then it, I think that he that helps it become more about us and what our message is and what our votes are at that time and makes that politician connect with the individual and its voting block. So I think that's one thing that you have to do, but uh, I have crazy ideas. I want to do, like, we have to do what you guys are doing right now and, like, meet in person and connect this way because I love Telegram. I love what I've created through all my, like, social media communities, but it's time to just stop, like, memeing and talking in DMs and do something. So, like, what does that look like? I don't know, but right now I talk out loud and I say... Okay, what if I had you guys where you live? And what if I had my friend in Miami and my friend in Texas and my friend in Memphis? And maybe we did like a like an Alcoholics Anonymous, like a it's not Patriots Anonymous. So I'm just saying like what if we found a place like a church that would let you meet there once a week or once every two weeks and you could start meeting people in real life? Stop LARPing. That's my goal for 33. Yep. Like I have to take the LARP and put her into real life. And I just think it would be really cool if we started these little cities because I think, or started these meetings in cities because that's your grassroots mobilization. Mm. And like yeah, this is weird. And, and we don't want to give our names and personal information to people. We'd have to figure out a way to vet people. But like, this is how you communicate. If Instagram goes down, this yeah. is how you, you know, 
get together, you start meeting and you run for local politics. And if we're never going to be able to break the system and just take them all out and some sort of purge EMP type thing, uh, we're going to have to chip away at the deep state year by year, election by election and make serving in politics, like something like serving like in the military, almost like that sort of thing that like you need to do this for your country yeah. You have to be the person representing the people around you. Well, I like what you said about person-to-person contact because that's huge. Like, like you said, we can make memes all day, and and I make memes all day, and do what Ron does and make memes all day. Um, <clears throat> but you, all, I mean, we also do this show. It brings a lot of information. But at some point, I guess mobilizing. It sounds a little bit militaristic, but getting together and. I guess just doing life with each other because at some point, I mean, we're connected through social media. We're connected with we the people through social media, through podcasting, but to get together in person and we live on different platforms in different States, but to make it a point to connect with other people that are part of this movement is huge. And, and that makes it real in a sense. It makes it tangible. So I, I agree with what you said as far as like, there needs to be a step further. Like the podcasting is great. The social media aspect is great but there is going to be have to become a time where we meet and kind of get the ball rolling as far as like okay we all agree on the same thing but what are we going to do about it and i i think you make a good point but at the same time i think a lot of people in the podcast community like the grassroots podcast community are the ones who are already out there yeah and i think i think part of what um you know legitimizes that is that we already have people in certain places around the world essentially who already feel comfortable like we feel comfortable doing what we're doing we feel extremely strongly and convictive and passionate mm-hmm. about what we're doing and, and i think that uh you know maybe on like almost ambassador ish level like to have those points placed all over the place uh is kind of like the starting points like if we're the ones who are gonna start to you know, bear that torch to kind of carry on towards the next phase of it. Because, yeah. you know, I, I think one of the biggest aspects of the Great Awakening is what you eventually do with it. And it can go two totally different ways. I mean, between big tech censorship, Masters of the Universe, centralized government, this whole movement could be kind of yeah. gone in a heartbeat. So it, it, we're right at that, I think, almost, you know, flashpoint right now to where it's time to start harnessing the things that we're doing which kind of evolved from the memes and the shit posting and into things like this podcast uh, where the next level is and that's kind of yeah. taking it out of the grassroots organizationally and taking it more towards something make, yeah, legitimate, tangible, permanent I mean a legitimate grassroots organization because I mean for all intents and purposes we're not grassroots right now like we, it's amazing the connectivity over the the nation but until we mobilize and, and I don't think that's a military like no I don't, I don't get military with that I, I think that that's, that's in- what that's the next step like yep. like you were saying earlier somebody has to be a leader mm-hmm. and if nobody steps up no nobody's gonna do it yeah. and maybe you're not the leader forever but maybe you do it forever I, I don't know but I don't want it to be the boomer generation. I want it to be us. I think 
It, it almost they're, has to be there's, us. There's something about them. What? It almost has to be us. Right. So like I feel nobody's like, going to take it as hard as as we are. I think nobody's going to be as like dynamic with it or as intense with it. Like our parents have always talked their whole lives about how they wish things were different. Uh-huh. But they're too deep into this, like the nine to five psyop. They're too deep into, I think, religion as a psyop. But I, I won't go there it, too much. But they get so deep in it that they can't see the corruption around them. It's the same with their politics and um yeah, and I I'm think I think you're right. Like the two-party system, for people that are educated, I think one of the biggest things this year, as far as this past election, and people that are like hardcore Republicans, is realizing that your party turned on you. Oh yeah, well, because the uni- we uniparty theory. Uh, yeah, we did a, a podcast the night of the Capitol Hill like crazy insurrection which was like some chick with no legs and no arms and buffalo man with a full camera crew the buffalo well the boneless chicken wing was like <laughs> operating her motor car or whatever via professor x or hover around yeah i don't know how she was getting around but she was channeling her inner x-men and there was like people escorting her around the capital well we did a podcast that night and it was kind of like foreboding to say Dude, the amount of Republicans on that stage that turned their back on Trump, it shows you that this is all a uniparty. It really is. And then it's a reason for every four years or every eight years, depending if they get reelected, it switches terms. It switches between Republican and Democrat. And it switches from Republican to Democrat. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. You think that these people that have been in the Senate seat for the last 30 years don't hang out on the weekends with the opposite party? Oh, they sure do. They've been working together. They're co-workers. Yeah, it's just, it's corruption based on just like, well, what do I need to say right now to keep my spot? Or who's going to pay me out to sign on this bill or push this bill through? Yeah, lobbyists. You know, it's, it's just, the fact that lobbying is legal is insane. That's always blown my mind. It's literally blackmail slash bribing and combined into one thing, and we just turn our back on it. Yep. And I know, okay, so an hour ago, I remember I blanked out on my... <laughs> it's coming back to me. And we're back. And we're going to circle back. Circle back. So we last week, we, back. <laughs> we talked about to the We the People podcast. We're in this position because people refuse to educate themselves beyond what Facebook and Twitter and CNN. post. Oh, it drives and me out of my mind. Because but it's if so much pe- more than that. It's like a complete like acquiescing to not participating in politics for decades. 100%. And you have people that vote. You have like 40-year-old people, 50-year-old people that are like, I registered to vote for the first time. And like, the first time in 40... What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, there's a lot of people like that. Like, That's that, what I'm I, saying. I never voted until just the last... Like, yeah, this is my first time voting. I'm 90 years old. You're like, what the fuck were you doing for the last 40 years? Well, the thing is, too, we also got James James and Aunt basically... I mean, they can't physically confirmed, but they, they led on to support the fact last week that I said there was probably... I don't even... We can go as high as millions of, of anons in, in the United States who probably were so fixated on something happening. You know, the mass arrest or the first arrest that will shock the world or, you know, Junior coming out from behind the stage and, and still being alive after all these years. <laughs> A lot of them didn't vote, and, and they, they couldn't not support that theory that I just thought that they kind of literally trusted the plan instead of 
physically working trusting, with the plan. Right. Yeah. yeah, using the plan to have it work for you. Maybe you have know. a backup plan. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna judge me if I tell you that I didn't vote? Absolutely not. But I don't vote because it's the black pill, because this is all theater and this is a psyop and your vote literally means nothing. Oh, you're telling oh, us, we're from California. Forever. Yeah. We vote as like a tradition. It's, yeah. It's, but it's I'm literally not just, I'm not just a saying <laughs> like my Republican vote in Tennessee doesn't mean anything because Tennessee was going to be right either way. I'm saying nobody's votes mean anything like the uh, People literally jumped down my throat and that's. That's where I go back to what I said in the very beginning is that I love all of you, but I can't talk to you the way that I want to talk to you sometimes all the time because I wish I could say I didn't vote and this is why, but you really wouldn't get it. But now people are finally coming back around in my DMs. They're circling back, if you will. And uh, I've had people say like, hey, like I talked shit about you before because you didn't vote, but like I get it now. I gave you one I gave you a one-star rating one time, but I'm going to change that to five oh, because I actually one-star. realized that, yeah, I was just terribly Wait, naive. did you really give me a one-star rating? No, no, no. no I'm talking about those people that are in your DMs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's one guy that gave us a one-star rating. We're still trying to find him. We're still looking for him. Okay, He's send it to me. I'm fucking out there. I can find anything. Oh, that's perfect. I think I know who it is. It's some from work. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. The thing, that, the thing that they don't realize is I have one person that leaves me a one star rating like once a week or once every two weeks. Pleasure but soul. when you leave a new one with text, it replaces the old one. But like I, I follow myself on like Chartable. So I get like an email every week showing my uh, reviews. And so like she doesn't realize that like you're just repeating the same thing over. It's like not changing anything. But thanks. It's not like voting. You can't vote twice. <laughs> dead, people, dead people can. But yeah, I, I was definitely pilled to that theory. I would have said probably four, definitely eight years ago that my vote 100% didn't count in any way, shape, or form. Go fuck yourself. But now I'm just like, after all the shit that's gone on over the last... Confirmed. Yeah, it, it's it's basically confirmed. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, a lot of people are just voting yeah. just based on, like, this is my symbolic vote. Like, in California, it's like, I might as well not bother, but I still do. But I mean, with all the shit that went on in this election, you see that like you can oh, yeah. literally overwhelmingly destroy the algorithm, and they could figure out a way to be like, you want to know what? They did a good job, but those votes, they do not count. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things to where it's kind of a minor awakening. But on on that note, if if so many people hadn't come out, the algorithm wouldn't have gotten so fucked up, and maybe we wouldn't have seen it. 80 million votes. Correct. So there's a positive, even though it didn't count. I suppose. Positive, like... I don't know. More people's eyes are being opened to everything that's going on. So I think that's just the basis of the only positive thing I can circle back to. Fuck. Yeah. And and just in case you really didn't think your vote counted, they, they surely won't moving forward because I just want to cover a little bit of the current administration's EO mania and as that continues... Um, well, how can you ever have, as like a layman, how can you ever have faith in the integrity of an election again? Even if, even if you're a Democrat and you voted for Biden and I guess I'm disgusted by like, it's still theater to me, but disgusted by the apathy of the average voter Yeah. who just kind of doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not to stand up for, I don't know how you could have so much documented evidence all the way from literal 
physical video evidence of voter fraud, all the way to the allegations they made on the Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic, Suitcase-gate. the SolarWinds hack, just to just to be like, you know what? Nah. That's probably. what I'm saying. Is back to my point. We're gonna circle back from the point I forgot about an hour ago that I just reiterated. Oh, oh. So we're gonna circle forward and then back that. People are uneducated and and they refuse to educate themselves as far as this whole election obviously was stolen. And regardless if you voted or not, you should be concerned that one party fixed this election to the point where it was so covered up by the media. And you have all the Republicans literally on Capitol Hill turn their back on Trump towards like re-watching Julius Caesar and this whole conspiracy. And then you look at it and you go... What, what are we doing here? Yeah. This is crazy. And if you don't see that, and like I pointed to last week and the week before, people go from like, man, maybe Trump really did win and Biden was cheating and all these Democrats. And then they look at like, what celebrities in rehab this week? Yeah. And it's back to like the Kim Kardashian Kanye diversion. example. Like, oh my gosh, you're getting divorced. And then it's like, squirrel. And then they go to whatever TMZ's posting or yep. whatever is trending on Twitter. And all that's controlled. And so when you look at, like, people educating themselves, we're at an all-time high of people just sitting back and going, well, what's on TV? What's on Facebook? What's on Twitter? And if you're muting all the conservative voices and the and the Anon voices and all these people who are fighting for this movement, it's, it's just the same people, like, reliving the same. It's like Groundhog Day well, they, over and over again. They did such a good job of rigging the election this year that they thought – that Republicans rigged it four years ago, yeah. even though right towards the end of the election, <laughs> all that all that stuff got got released from Trump going, hey, just by the way, Democrats are corrupt as fuck. I mean, every politician, no matter what, corrupt, corrupt as hell. You can't change my opinion. I'll go blue face to tell you every politician is corrupt, corrupt. in some way, shape or yeah. yeah, but like the DNC as a whole, completely corrupt more than the Republicans and they did such a good job that they blamed Ukraine and Russia on the Republicans and those people will turn blue telling you it was Trump's fault when they were literally doing it themselves yeah well there's there's people trying to blame Trump for the freaking stock market stuff that's going on right now oh with like GameStop okay I think I think he is behind it though I have a theory that it's him and Portnoy that when they met back in the fall, there was yeah. more to that meeting than meets the eye. Okay, I wish Dave Porter would come on the show. Can you please Maybe weigh, should be our weigh in on him? Is, I mean, Donald Trump's on Reddit. Please don't tell me he's a gray hat. Is please, it really? Please tell me that Portnoy's a white <laughs> hat. No, he's not. <laughs> I think he has a couple. Somebody was talking about him on Instagram this week that he had weird connections, uh, and like trying to make a pizza reference. I, the thing about pizza is like, yes, it's perverted, but like. Right. Just because it's perverted by other people does not mean that pizza is perverted generally. And, like, if you believe it is, then you believe it is. But just because he has a pizza shtick on on Instagram, like, that doesn't give me pause. I think it's interesting what he's done with his day trades for mm-hmm. the last year. And I think it's interesting to see how that grew. And then these kind of Wall Street bets communities grew and that he's kind of become almost like the face of Wall Street bets and all of this. Yeah. And people actually realizing that they have the collective bargaining power to effectuate change. I don't I don't see how the stock market can ever be the same. No. I, I and I've noticed that a lot little little bit of the censoring 
from the Masters of the Universe? A little bit. Has kind of backed off a little bit because it's like you come for the bit, memes. A little bit. Yeah. You kind of insulted him a little bit. I watched that movie today, Goodfellas. Top one movie. Oh, God. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's, it's oh, my God. That movie. It's fucking fantastic. But I, did, I really did watch that today, by the way. So I like how you said it was top one movie. Yeah. Be- yeah. It's literally my favorite movie of all time. He didn't compare it to like, he didn't go like okay. top one of a hundred. It was on the drunk guy, whatever. Favorite movie, I think is what you meant to say. It's right up there with National Treasure. Okay. What? Yeah, National wait, Treasure really? 2, you mean. You literally, like, I just, I really respected you with the Goodfellas. And yeah. Did National you say Treasure? I love that movie. I okay. believe in it. Like, I, that's a top one movie? Well, National Treasure's top five. Top five? top five? Are you serious? All right, maybe. You must be wasted. Maybe The Rock. Oh, yeah, I am wasted, but that does have that has nothing to do with. If we're getting Nicolas Cage movies, maybe The Rock. No, if you're gonna talk about Nicolas Cage movies, it's Raising Arizona. Departed. I don't first know. Of I all. thought it was like Gone in sixty seconds or whatever Wait, that one was. Where he steals the car. Nicolas Cage is yeah, in Nick, the Departed. That's what I'm saying. But who he, are you talking <laughs> about over here? You're just like naming. I was just naming my top five. We're gonna circle back to that one. We're gonna circle back. Goodfellas. National Treasure, I'll put number three. Three? Departed Jesus number Christ. two. Of like, all time? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Departed is probably top one. That's such a great one. Whatever. I thought you guys were my friends. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> National Treasure is a fantastic just, movie. Just go home at this point, okay? No. I'm in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only good thing about National Treasure was the memes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People stealing the Declaration of Independence. Screw you guys. That was an epic film. And I'll probably watch it later just to piss you guys off. Is this in Nickelback, too? Uh, there you go. Wow. Ooh. Was, we got a Nickelback checking on right now. I made, a fire, like Nick, I made Nick a fire Nickelback. Nickelback. Nickelback was a low blow. I got a pretty solid Nickelback <laughs> meme that I. Produced. I don't have any Nickelback on my iPhone. I'm just pointing that out. See, there. now we need to make the meme of like when he's doing the picture. Yeah. <laughs> but the picture is the national is, is it's a the screenshot na- of National <laughs> Treasure, and we'll just give it to Nick. <laughs> so, oh man. Well, I'd be like to be the first one to apologize on behalf of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, can't believe you guys don't like that. What movie. were we just talking it's about? It's not that we don't like it. It's just not a god tier movie. Yeah. If I, I won joking. the lotto, my Maybe job like tomorrow would be a treasure hunter. For you? Okay, treasure hunting is not national treasure, though. He hunted treasure. It was epic. He stole the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. <laughs> Whatever, now I'm embarrassed. You can definitely see it. That's my favorite movie of all time. You, you can definitely see it. There's an there's Right now, Nick's t- time stamping this for himself. Right, there's, there's a 20-year almost age difference between... Two out of the four podcast members Whatever. on our side. That movie's epic, and if it was a true story, you guys would shit your pants when that hit the newspaper, okay? So, whatever we were talking about before, we'll get back to it. I don't know how we got on this. Let's circle back. Let's circle back. We're going to circle back to wherever we were at. It's you still started this by telling us you watched Goodfellas today. I did. I was trying to take a nap because my sleep schedule was all fucked up. You had, you had so much promise in that, and then... I think that was my fault. I was making uh, De Niro... A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. You kind of insulted us a little bit. Yep. All right, let's stay on the same thread of all the shit that we can't believe happened. I'm still sticking to my guns, just for the record. (laughs) In regards to all of those... Top five. ...possibly signed and sealed and most likely hidden pardons. Yeah. You have some of the ghouliest ghouls of the swamp returning. Okay. (laughs) We have the assistant HHS secretary... Uh It's ma'am. <laughs> you talking about the health secretary? Yeah. They? I don't even... Where do we go with this one? Well, she's a guy, so... <laughs> well, she's a dude, but... 
took her own mother out of assisted living in Pennsylvania and then sent thousands to die during coronavirus. That okay? is correct. The UN ambassador was wrapped up in a Nigerian Ponzi scheme and lost <laughs> $600 million as a member of the last Obama administration. That's a lot. A lot. The current State Department spokeswoman went on the record in 2017 and said, not Russia or the CCP, Iran or even ISIS is the number one threat to America. It is police officers. Oh, what? The current press sec secretary is a flaming hot piece of shit. I mean, I don't need to go over her resume. She's just hot garbage. She's gross. We, we can circle back to her resume. We, we sure C hopefully will Coming from won't. like McEnany, who was one, a babe. Yeah, no okay. laughs. She was amazing. Yeah. And she was such a savage. And she was always well prepared. You see the, the folder? The current... I missed that folder. I'm sorry. Oh, oh are you what sorry? What's that? Sorry, Siri. The <laughs> current DHS secretary, who was just was confirmed, that? was involved in a pay-for-play visas. Last time he was involved with the Obama government, which basically said, if you're a high roller and you got money, fast pass to get into the United States. He's also not in favor of the wall. And... Uh, the wall's almost done. Well, it's not getting finished, I'll tell you it that much. It was almost done. The current AG, when confirmed, former Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland, has one of the hardest stances on terrorists ever. All the way up to the fact to where you can go back and look at some of his casework, and they talked about how there were people who were proxy rounded up during the Iraq and Afghan war who literally had nothing to do with that movement over there and were thrown in Gitmo and when they came up for review he said just for optics they're staying in Gitmo forever now you parlay well, it that looks bad if you release them well th that's true but I mean when, when you literally have very sarcastic right that going on and the fact that Chuck Schumer's trying to get that Patriot Act 2.0 from 2019 that he proposed back into the Senate mm. and they're basically Labying all of us, people involved in the movement, domestic terrorists, it doesn't look very optimistic. And then the last one, which, which kind of is like the icing, the cherry on top of the icing of the cake, which is literal fucking clown world. It is clown world Pepe. The nose is a cherry, but you can actually honk it. The SEC hired Peter Stroke's wife to run their enforcement division. You're, ta you're talking about one of the most corrupt federal agents in the history of the Republic. And now his wife is going to run an enforcement division for you know, something that protects investors, facilitates capital info, and maintains fair markets. It, it's just, f honk if you're horny. It, it's, 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 <laughs> you don't have any buttons for that? What? I don't. Have it, it's any, terrible. Sorry. That's that's kind of where we're at now. In addition to all the other shitty EEOs Biden signed over the last, you know, two weeks. What are we up to? What's the number? Who cares? He went on a free for all that's today, which included immigration reform, unlimited asylum, and refugee. Unlimited asylum? Did, he's not. I can't even go get a beer at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're gonna let a million people into this country and live off the government's tit. He's not putting a cap on it at the moment. He, he proposed tit, whatever the fuck amnesty for as few as eleven, but all the way up to twenty-two million <clears throat> currently illegal aliens residing in the United States. Motherfucker. Opens the borders. 
opened up facilities that were utilized during the Obama campaign, which were shut down during the Trump campaign, which not only separates children from families, but places them in cages. Open up Buffalo Wild Wings. And has prioritized, prioritized vaccinations for illegals before U.S. citizens. Oh, they're vaccinating people in Gitmo first. True story. So that's where we're currently I mean, at. They can have mine. I don't yeah, want it. In, in the clown world administration. I'll donate my vaccine so. and make sure you stick it in some guy's ass. Yeah. The only thing that's getting stuck in the ass right now is executive orders. And coronavirus swabs. Is that, that real? That's true. Yeah. They're that's a thing. swabbing people's buttholes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. lying. They, where is that They happening? announced it. No, they announced it as a new means of testing. And God, I thought you, that was just a horrendous I, meme. No, you're getting an anal swab for a respiratory disease now. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not letting you stick anything are they gonna near my that? ass. Are they going to do that outside work? Because I think they're going to get a lot less positive tests. <laughs> they're going to get positive for a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> well, that's how they're. That's actually how they're going to drive what the, are they the case count down. A Q-tip or like a... What are they, how do they do that? A water weenie? Probably a whole whiskey bottle. Ooh. No, but that's a good way to get the numbers down, the, the cases down. Cause yeah, because I'm not volunteering for that. If people aren't getting tested, then the numbers automatically go away. Yeah, if you're sticking a Q-tip up my butthole, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not signing off on that. I wasn't gonna sign off on the first round anyway. If, you, if that's your plan B, you can shove that up your ass, because I'm not doing that. And if you volunteer for that, you're probably, I won't say it on this show, but what show are you gonna say it on? We the people podcast. Are they back on Spotify? They don't mind. Come on now. No, we're both banned. Yikes. Spotify. These motherfuckers. Uh, Spotify banned me three days into podcasting. Oh wow! I think that means you're doing it right. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I feel Thank like you. every single like band account freaking deplatforming is just like a badge of honor. In this, yes, in it this. certainly is. I, I also think that uh, maybe by having. James and Anna on last week combined with Maria in consecutive weeks. We'll, we, all, we'll all get banned? Yeah, maybe we'll be finding ourselves off Spotify <laughs> next week. So Spotify is for weirdos anyway. Get an iPhone stop being a... Oh, I love Spotify before all this shit happens. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, but for music. Right. Just get Apple Music and stop being a cheapskate and just, download whatever you want. Just use Pandora. Pandora's for serial killers. <laughs> Pandora, no. if you no, no if you podcasts. if you listen to Pandora, Pandora for podcasts, your name is probably Richard Ramirez. I don't know where you got that, but I think. <laughs> Have it's you hilarious. met anybody that's ever listened to a podcast on Pandora? I mean, I listen. I didn't to know ours. there were so many apps. Everyone's always asking me what apps. I'm like, I don't know. I just listen on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, me thank too. you. I used to listen on Podcast Addict. I don't know if you guys have heard of 99PI. No, never. 99% Invisible. No, I've heard of like, like, podcasting uh, in the late 90s. They're just like a factual. Magnum they, like, PI. Find some like random little bit of information like why like doors have a pull handle but they're push. And they like break down the whole like reason why it is or something like that. It's, it's a really interesting <laughs> show. That's cool. Sorry. Yeah. Why would you listen to that? I, I listen I, to I, that. I don't hate that. Podcast addict. It sounds interesting. So. <clears throat> okay, never mind. Maria. Yes. Tell us about the Ron Watkins interview. Just give us a little. I, I need to know. First of all, do you think he's a real person? <sighs> Why I, you gotta do me like that? I know right it. in the very beginning. I know it. Okay, let's uh, let's start over. So, Ron Watkins is literally like my best 
example of manifesting thus far. Like I put that out. I woke up one day, decided I wanted to podcast with him, put it out into the ether, and it was literally done in like two or three hours. Huh. One of my followers actually emailed with him, and he was like, do you just want me to like email you and him at the same time? And I was just, yeah, that would be awesome. Thanks. Sure, sure do. And uh, he asked me to send me a couple of my podcasts and then like told me that he had listened to them and complimented me on them. And I was just like, oh, my God, Ron, thank you. But, uh, yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, three hours of premium content if you know what you're listening for. Like, if you're a noob and you listen to it, I think it would probably be painful and you would be frustrated. Because Ron said, did not say a lot of things, but also said a lot of things by not saying a lot of things, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, no, it certainly did. I like when you would ask him a specific question and he'd just be like... Wow, that's a really um, that's a really well thought out question. He's like, you know, that's something that I probably have privy information to, and uh, probably you do as well. And you know, we, we we could we could talk about it off air, but uh, I'm not gonna talk about that. God, like that part was like fucking pulling teeth with him. I was just like, come on, man, like give me something. I guess I had kind of, uh, and this is my own fault. I had kind of like idealized him a little bit. And I'm really, I don't know if you guys follow Nick Hinton on Twitter. I love Nick Hinton. And I, for some reason, thought he might have kind of like like a devilish little weird kind of side to him. You know what I mean? Like if, you have, if you're privy to that much information on the internet, like what could you know? Uh -huh. So I was kind of hoping that he was going to get like playful with me. And there was definitely like no playfulness to him. Uh, but then at sometimes I think he was like vetting me the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I got that vibe the whole time because I know for a fact he worked with, um, he worked with several Senate Republicans. He worked with Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz directly. I know he also worked with Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. So my connection that got me to him is in connection with Lynn Wood. So everything that he was saying to me, like, I knew was bullshit. Like, when I was like, did you just wake up one day and decide you wanted to read, like, 10,000 pages of, you know, <laughs> Dominion election, software manuals. Dominion software manuals. And he was like, yeah, I did. Like, like, I didn't want to be disrespectful. Like, you know, if you told me that right now, I don't mean this in a bad way to you. Like, I'd be like, come on, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, exactly. I didn't feel like I could do that with him uh, quite yet. So I let him say what he wanted to say, but... Uh, the worst part of it was we got done and it was I, I like for all that I've said so far, like it still was a killer podcast. And I looked down and realized that none of my audio recorded. Oh. I mean, so that, I, I, that was really sad. I know now and I can hear it when I listen to it only because you've mentioned it. And so did James. But I don't think he, I think he did a pretty good job with the editing and the overall end product. Well, thank you. Yeah. It so. was uh, a bit of a nightmare yeah, for a little while. That was a major one. Who has been your favorite person to have on the podcast, your show? Obviously, Ron is like my my primo. Oh, to answer your question, though, is Ron real? Yes. Is, is Ron real? Were you speaking to the Matrix? I don't know. I, um... You know, I go down all sorts of crazy rabbit holes in my brain, some of which I don't always talk about out loud. Okay. But 
I don't know. There was just, um, like, I knew he was going to be a programmer and talk to me in that sort of programmer way. But, like, it was very calculated, very specific type of answers. Uh And do you remember when he said, like, when I tweet, he, he was talking in that, like, category kind of based theory that when I tweet, like, I'm not always tweeting to the same person. Like, right. all of my tweets aren't meant for the same individual, which I thought was so interesting. So, like, I f- kind of felt that, like, when he was answering, that, like, the way he was answering wasn't meant for, like, every individual. No, he, the, like, if the he, people that he mentioned that he, he was tweeting to, he was answering your question to, right? Okay, you guys, I... You would cut out for me yeah, just we now, glitched. so will you repeat that? Yeah, I, no, I was just saying, like, the people that he was referencing in regards to tweeting towards, he might have been answering your question to. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's not for every audience. It's not for all these different audiences when I tweet out. It's kind of like, you know, when I tweet something, it may, you know, be directed in one direction. And when I tweet something else, it may be directed at a whole other different thing. And I was like, well, it's pretty deep. You know, my, uh, my good friend Dustin Penner knows... Jim Watkins, his dad, Uh and has podcasted with him before. Oh, okay. So I know that he's a real person. Uh, I think it's interesting that Ron, I mean, I'm not, maybe Ron's posting on Gab. I don't know. I'm not really paying attention to Gab right now, but everybody just, everyone on that dream team just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. And... I, I have to imagine that's calculated. I hope that that's not in a bad way i do think that there's some sort of grand finale coming that like this can't be over but uh your other question i'm sorry are you responding no No. i said hope not before you ask my favorite no go ahead oh go ahead it's fine no my bad who who else is on that dream team before we segue ron linwood Uh sydney powell Uh The General Flynn. Yep. You know, kind of like Q Team Six. It seems like Michael Lindell, <laughs> late to the right. game, might late to the game, but definitely in it to win it. <laughs> Everyone's working. I guess the interesting thing that I learned from Ron was the factions, and I guess I always knew there were factions behind Trump, but hearing Ron talk about it in that way—that there are different factions and. You know, obviously they all have different purposes and different things are driving them and they're influencing him in different ways. I think sometimes we romanticize Trump in this way and we think of him as Q plus only Uh and that he's the mastermind behind everything. And essentially he's the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that has, you know, all of it connected (laughs) and it's all going to work out. But it's not like that. We got to break it down more than that. So that's what I liked about Ron. Let me ask you about a couple other players since we're on that right now. You could just tell okay. me as fast as you can what you think about him. Rudy. I know. That's kind of what I have to say. Uh, you know, Rudy, Rudy's an attorney. He likes to talk a big game. He's got you looking at the left hand while the right hand's doing something else. Uh, I, I'm tired of the bullshit narrative of, like, keep watching. Something's going to happen. Uh-huh. Like, let's. Let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's let's effectuate some change. Let's stop being the same as everyone else, just the other side of the coin. When I think you don't want four years of just waiting, something's going to happen. Well, that was a lot of the disappointment once, you know, Biden, quote unquote, stole the election or won the election. 
I mean, him, Ted Cruz, all these guys were like, just wait. Like, we're brewing something. It's coming. Don't worry. Don't stress. And then we're Ted like. Ted Cruz is a cuck. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very hit or miss, hot and cold with me. Well, it's like Dan Crenshaw, the one-eyed pirate. We thought he was the I was man. All, I, was, I was all about Dan Crenshaw. No. I, was, I was a big fan. John McCain Jr. I don't even know if his eye is really gone. Let's be honest. We've wow. never seen that. Dark wow. Now you're questioning his service let's, record? Let's not go there. All I know Too is far. he's never hey, pulled here's the, the eye patch back Don't live on television. Don't get mad at him for asking a hypothetical. He's just speculating. Thank you for sticking up for me. Well, I, I guess to support, here. to support your argument, have you ever seen him without the eye patch? Yes. He looks like one eye really from I mean, the I've goons. never seen him in person, but I've seen him without the eye patch. What yes. if his eye patch switches eyes? We would never has, even know. He has like a glass eye with a Navy SEAL logo on it. Wrong. Oh, Bullshit. Actually, he, that's he really does. Whatever. <laughs> There's Photoshop. We've all seen the Avengers. It's all CGI. It could be the same technology. We saw Dan seen the Avengers. Avengers. We've all seen commercial. the deep fakes. We, we saw, all we saw, saw the inauguration his bullshit was a commercial event. for Texas that was like a $12 budget that everyone thought was dope. And then you realize that the CGI was terrible. Am right. I the only one that watched that commercial? No, we, we saw it and we actually broke it down here. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. All right, I got two more for you. Just players in the game, whatever you think of them. Bannon. I don't really have an opinion on him. A lot of people like, don't. I, I don't pay attention to as much politics as you might think I do. But I don't. I mean, I think he's doing great things. But, I, like, again, they all just seem like puppets to me. Yeah. He's one of the first ones to shut down anything outside of the the mainstream narrative too. Even though they say right. they say they're trying to break it, it's like you know they'll, they'll shoot down anything. The last one I wanted to ask he's he's kind of a he, X factor, not really known, but someone who's always behind the scenes and right there. Scavino, what do you think of that guy? He's the one that did uh, the other app, right? What was it called? I've already lost it. No, Dan Scavino's like Trump's. Parler? No, that's Bongino. Scavino is like Trump's oh. personal handler, meme maker. He's the guy that right, always. Right, right, right. Again, he, he just seems like another one of the like puppeteers of uh, like the jesters, if you will. Like if if nothing happens and Trump was just a facade, like they're all just like perpetrating this narrative of like being so close to him and like posting these cryptic pictures of him in black and white, like signing things and stuff. I guess I'm just a little pissed right now. Like I'm over promised on the dream and like now we're living in the nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I guess I'm just a little, if you had asked me about these people months ago, maybe I would have had probably different would have been a little things more to hyped. say. I just don't really have anything to say for them at this point because if nothing changes between now and I think I'm going to hang up my hat on Trump being a possibility after probably March 5th. But, uh, I don't know. At the same time, oh, this is this profound thought I had earlier. I wrote it down to talk to you about. Perfect. Okay. So, I I I watch Fox sometimes just to see like what people are talking about, and I like browse headlines of like liberal media, and somebody was talking about like, oh, could you believe that Trump could be creating a shadow government mm -hmm. at Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> yeah. and like what could happen from that? And so going back to what we were talking about earlier about projecting in the deep state, how it projected everything at us, like they've had this deep state themselves, the shadow government themselves this whole time. 
like behind the scenes of everything that's going on. And so it it's it could be interesting to me that like Trump is essentially going to do what they've done to us this whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's been pointing the finger at them, calling shadow government, shadow government this whole time. But now he's going to create shadow government at the awesome. same time. And so like, I, I just thought that that was like an interesting kind of circle back to it all. Uh, analogous with like the Russian collusion and like the Ukraine stuff. And then analogous too to like, the propaganda act that we talked about that like it all kind of ties in that he's projecting back at them now. Well, I mean, Obama literally bragged about the shadow government in that interview where he talked about being in the earpiece and wearing the sweatpants. Salute the Marines. But So, I mean, you know, it's not something <laughs> for those who aren't really familiar about how deep the deep state is, how extended it's connected or how long it's been around. If you want to just go off of recent events. I mean, in the last four or five years, Obama's went around just bragging about how he wishes he can just control an administration remotely and kind of be the voice behind, you know, a shadow government. So, Which he's probably got some skin in the game when it comes to Biden. Yeah. And the, you know, Harris and all this bullshit. I mean, the fact that he campaigned so hard for this guy and this guy can't tell if his shoes are untied or not. <laughs> I mean, someone's I want, someone's behind this. I want people to start saying thanks, oh Biden. They already are. <clears throat> I guess my question to you guys, though, that like, do you really think that that's that Obama was empowered? Like, I have to imagine like Obama's the Manchurian candidate, but that I mean, there are puppet masters above him. Oh yeah, it's like all right. See, this is a good one that we're gonna go down right now, and, and it's one that me and you've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. It's when we talk about this whole human trafficking pedophile everything and the glorification of the big figureheads in the game. I personally feel, I know that you do too, people like Weinstein, Epstein, Maxwell. Psy up, psy up, psy up. Boom. They're the ones that, they're, remember, they're awful people. They probably did every single thing they've been accused of and more. Terrible. But just imagine not only the people that, number one, finance them and control them, but the extended infinitely networks that go on behind them of the actual bodies that get trafficked and the actual people who get smuggled and the horrible things that happen to them. It's like saying that the whole government's corrupt just because you don't like the president. It's saying that, like, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's the president of pedophilia, but it's all the people underneath him that make that whole machine work. They're the cogs in the machine. Yeah, yeah and a lot of people don't, you know, they, they, they just... You yeah, know, it's not a one-person operation. Tom, no, Tom Hanks. but I think... Yeah, well... Did, we can go down I like, too. I like to say all the time that Epstein is a psyop and Epstein is not real. And people, again, this is another thing that I just can't talk about all the time because mm-hmm. if you're not clued in, you're not going to get it. Sure. Aren't. But like, he's not a real person in that, yes, he is likely real and tangible and you can touch him. And maybe he's a clone, maybe not. But his whole narrative is a character, right. one that was perfectly crafted to eventually use in some sort of way good in a red pill, bad in his continued role, but it wraps up pedophilia and Satanism and adrenochrome and if you get that far, but like all the human trafficking of it all and it wraps up in a nice little package and you can deliver it to the masses through the mainstream media 
And then all the boomers look on their TVs and they go, babe, they really got them. You know, our government, they're taking down the man and they are ending human trafficking. Like, I'm so proud of what they did here. And And then they never think about it again. And they they think it starts and ends with him dying in prison. Like, oh, well, he might have not killed himself, but at least he's dead. So now it's over. And it's just like, no. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's it's far from over, and it's been something that's been going on since. I also since love the, dawn of the fact time. Glenn Maxwell gets hooked up. Who? Glenn Maxwell. Shizlane. Glenn. What did I say? You called her Glenn. Whatever's clever. Uh, Glenn Maxwell. I said it quick. You guys gotta be. On. I like Glenn. Let's start calling yeah, him Glenn, Glenn Maxwell. Maxwell. Well, she's a guy, so she looks like a dude. She kind of does. She gets arrested. And then, like, a week later, U.S. Marshals starts popping all these safe houses with, like, 20, 30 people on domestic soil that is has multiple people that are in sex trafficking. Like, yeah. 30s, 40s. Oh, yeah, then the next week, it's, like, 70 kids in Michigan, bu- and people are like, children. whoa, that's crazy. What's Kim Kardashian wearing today? Like, the fact that she gets Are, are you going to say Desperate Housewives? Desperate Housewives. Desperate okay, Housewives. you guys... Make fun of me because I quoted that National show, which treasure. is apparently 20 years old. But my point is you might that as well have said Survivor. <laughs> that show's on Netflix, by the way, all the seasons. Good but my you. point is, Glenn Maxwell gets arrested. All the right? seasons. And then a week later, U.S. Marshals are popping all these houses left and right for like a month straight with like 40, 50, 70 people. See, I like all it. kids. I, I like it, and I like when the kids get saved, but I also think that that's part of the overall... Do you think that's con- like it, that's I, part I, of the narrative? It's boomer pacifying optics. It really is. It's for the people who watch those cable news networks to say, like, damn it, let me connect A to B. It, it's so... De- like, if we knew what how the deep, deep state was, we and going? we knew what the New World Order and Skull and Bones and the Illuminati and the Freemasons, if we knew who all they were and what they did and how they operate, then they wouldn't because the good people would stop them. They're in the numbers. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I got it. I got to interrupt right now. Saying what you just said, I think the Rothschilds are a psyop. I don't think they're real. Like, the 13 bloodlines are going to give us the names of all the people that are in this, like, quote-unquote deep state. Bingo. And then we're just going to allow them to exist and we do nothing about them. Like, of course it's not the people that are actually in this deep state cabal. Like, no. yes, they exist. Yes, they're a part of it. But to think that it, like, starts and ends with them again, like, that's just stupid. Even people like George Soros, he's a terrible, and it's documented. He's another the, character. He's just a character. And the people that created him or control him or he's bankroll him or, or whatever, yeah, he, he's literally that human face on a terrible narrative. And so who's running the show behind all this, all these smoke and mirrors? Oh, I think that's where, where Marine can take it away. That's, that's right up your alley right there. Nicholas Cage. It's oh, not I don't Nicolas know. Cage. How no dare idea. you guys disrespect <laughs> Nicolas Cage? I don't, I don't think we'll ever know. I, I, I think the true people in power, you know, there's what that council of 100 that people talk about. Mm-hmm. I think the actual people in power are probably 20 people or less. Yeah. 20 people or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll never know who they, they're probably. And you will never, ever fucking know who they are. Because why, why would they ever reveal themselves? Yeah, they're so far insulated that there's no chance of anybody would ever. Like, they are Polly in Goodfellas in that, like, they're not, they don't talk to people. They don't interact with people. There are they're the Rothschilds. There are Hillary Clintons. There are Obamas that, that do all of their bidding for them. Mm-hmm. 
But to but to think that we know who actually is evil, like we have no idea. No, that's that's the way I look at it too. Because there's, I mean, eventually the people would just rise up and 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 end them, and and to think that they're just gonna, it's like, that's almost like a reverse cue, because it's like I said, if if you have every intelligence agency or a normal person like me who could just type in a URL address, and, you know read a Q map that basically has the plan, right? Then so can everybody else who would want to stop that plan and not make it happen. So I, I think it was more of like, a, you know, lighting a movement and, and waking up people to fact find, do research, don't trust, and, and get out there and start to make changes in regards to maybe literally it ending at the gulags at Gitmo. So, you know, that's just my opinion on it, though. But that's a good point that you made with it all being kind of like the, the, the people that we see or, you know, label as evil or romanticized with, they are, they are pretty much just players in the game, but they are definitely not the ones pulling the punches. Well, they're people that can be sacrificed if they get too close to somebody else who matters. Speaking of sacrifices, is Hillary Clinton still alive? No. I don't think so either. Mm -mm. Have you looked at the WikiLeaks cables like between two, I think, Secret Service agents like texting and they're talking about her being a clone? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen some people post it on Instagram and have looked at it. I so. don't know. I, she looks too... I, she, if, I, if I buy into this... Okay. It. I still Do think it. again, like the the Satanism, eating babies, adrenochrome. I think that's a psyop on some level. But if I buy into that in this hypothetical, uh, perhaps she really does have kuru, which is like what the people in like Papua New Guinea eat because they eat uh, their loved ones' brains when uh -huh. they die, and they develop this um, condition where your body essentially attacks itself and like shuts down because of the cannibalism yep. and this uh, bacteria in your brain and there's all these different symptoms and these different stages and, and some of what she's exhibited over the last decade 15 years, yeah, 10-15 uh -huh. years could be part of that, I mean that might be a psyop in and of itself but uh, you can't deny that she goes into Chelsea's apartment she comes back out, she looks completely different and Maybe the adrenochrome is that good. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't think the real Hillary Clinton is not the one that we saw um, on January 20th, in my opinion. Because, oh, did, I, I don't know if you saw. I, I posted something like just that day or a couple of days thereafter where they took a picture of Bill and Hillary from from the 90s showing like their height differences uh -huh. and like drawing straight lines. And then they showed it on January 20th, and she was significantly shorter. Yep. Yep, I saw that one on, on IG as well. That's a, that's a huge... You know, and people How will go, significantly? I didn't see it. Like a lot? Yeah. Like, like, not, maybe not like, like an old lady four or five shrinking? Inches. Like yep. spinal No, not osteo like, we're not talking osteoporosis here. So, no, we're talking more fiber. Yeah, clone, body double... You know, it, it, it's got to be one of those things. So, what do you think in regards to um, 
time travel. The logistical plausibility of it being real. What, 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 do you, what are your convictions on that? Time travel is most definitely real. Time is not linear. Uh, the future, past, and present is all happening right now. Yep. Yeah, I mentioned in the uh, beginning of the show three timelines running right alongside each other. I believe in the multiverse. I think there are an infinite number of, of parallels that exist, and, and the universe uh, breaks off every time you essentially make another decision. Uh-huh. I think those can also come back together and almost be like compounded on each other when they're almost so similar with the like minor, minor details change. I think that's what eventually leads to like the Mandela effect. Ooh, tell us about that. Timelines kind of crunch on each other. G- give us a couple Mandela effects. What are some? What if some of your favorites? I've heard on a couple different ones of your shows. You've you've brought up some. I want to see what some of these guys think. Okay, you got to repeat that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we glitched again. The she froze. The uh, Mandela effect. What are, What are some of your favorite ones? I want to see if some of these guys. Okay, the original. Bernstein Bears versus Bernstein Bears. It's always been the S-T-E-I-N for me. Me too. Not the stain. Nope. There's Shazam versus Kazam. I remember both movies and them being distinct ones. Okay. Uh, There's Curious George. Does he have a tail or not? There's Pikachu. And one Pikachu has a black, like, um, squiggle on its tail. There, Sally Fields, you love me. You really love me at the Oscars. Now she says you like me. You really right. like me. There's uh, multiple Christopher Reeve versus Christopher Reeves. There's uh, Fruit Loops, the way that that's, that's spelled. Cheese It's the way that it's spelled. Uh-huh. Chick Fil A, the way that it's spelled. J C Penny. Ooh, with an I E or a Y. No, not the IE. It's the uh, there's either an EY or just a Y. Uh-huh. And there's this oh, yeah. one I posted ever so often. I, I pulled like all of these old JCPenney ads that were in newspapers and like found the digital copies and like took screenshots of them. And there's this one. So it's like black and white, like not sophisticated drawings by any means. But one of the guys that's drawn looks just like Jeffrey Epstein. <sighs> it's so wild. Oh, I got to. Remind me so I can send it to you. And I sent, uh, or I'm about to send, excuse me, the Clinton photo we were just talking about to, like, the main account. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, uh, some, of the, some of those Mandela effects are just Christopher Reeves, Sally Fields, that one definitely resonate for me. And uh, the first time I looked but that up, I was depressed oh, probably. Yeah. It freaked me out so much. The Sally Fields and her brother, like that connection is what's so wild. But who's behind who's behind all that? If it's real, who's behind it? What do you mean? It's the Well who's behind CERN? That's the big question. What do you think's really going on there? I think they're creating stargates. Yeah. I think they're opening up portals, black matter antimatter, black holes. I, I never bought into the whole recreation of the God particle. I always it's always like for for me it's been if it's theorized publicly in the mainstream and they've made endless movies about it, then it means we've already had it or done it or, or it's happening literally right now. I, that's just the way I feel about certain things in regards to time travel, Stargates, multiverse, 
you know, the quantum realm, aliens, aliens for sure. But do we get disclosure in in this lifetime? What do you think? Yeah. Disclosure of aliens? Yeah. No. We just had disclosure in August. I mean, Bob Lazar worked his entire life. And then they casually said in August, like, oh, yeah, aliens have always existed. And we're so desensitized to shit that, like, nobody gave a fuck. Uh, I think if, like, interdimensional beings, like, that kind of disclosure, I don't think we'll see that in our lifetime. But I think that's what's really happening. The little green alien is a psyop. Yeah. I, I, I just watched, I can't remember what the name of it was. I watched a documentary on aliens, like, two days ago. And, and guy who did the documentary was talking about you know they would go out to remote places and get in these circles and all kind of get on the same meditative state and then be able to like summon those Whoa. yeah interdimensional like a lot of the pictures and stuff that they took or videos they took was more of like light bending half in this dimension half in that dimension like kind of making the connect but not physically there yeah other life, not like the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think it was called like Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, something like that. Or, or that's at least what the documentary was about. It was it was pretty interesting. I thought it was going to be boring because it was like two and a half hours long, and before I knew it, the credits were rolling. So I was like, all right, that wasn't Whoa. terrible. You know, there was a documentary recently put out, and they take people. It was a village in Africa that all witnessed the UFO landing, and literally like human to extraterrestrial interaction face to face. That was the story, and they interview these people like 40 years later, and they track them all down, and they all had the exact same story, like verbatim. So and they, they, all, they all went in different directions? Well, no, yeah, in life, and then a lot of them had never kept in contact with each other, and it was some remote village in Africa, and some of them went to South Africa, where it was more, you know, they developed their career and all that, and then they, like, they interviewed the principal, they interviewed the kids, and all these different people that were involved in this. And there was like over 200 witnesses of the exact same thing, and they interviewed a lot of them, and their story was so congruent that it was like, it was creepy. Unless, right, before they made the documentary, they went around and coached and scripted all of these people. Dominion Software. And then they gave you the exact narrative that you wanted to hear when you wanted to watch it and believe it. That's why we don't know what to believe anymore. That's a question everything. Nothing is real. Nothing's real. This is this podcast real right now? I want to get up and touch your face. According to string theory, no. Correct. We have no idea what's going on. Did you say Springfield theory? I said string theory. What is it? String theory? Yeah. It's like Are you actually gonna have the answer this time? I do. Yeah. Well I wrote you know, some theses on string theory and number theory and a bunch of other things. And you're just now bringing this out. Oh, wow. Great. Um, way to contribute the to the show an but, hour late. And, like, in short, string theory, like, imagine the universe is, like, a bunch of strings tied together. And if you, like, pull or move one string, it changes everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Back to the Future. Like the butterfly effect on a quantum level. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Whoa. Now we're getting to, like, Avengers Endgame. So it basically, they did like, say it in Endgame, right? When she took the stone and made the black. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the bald monk is like being all weird. And on, the and on like up. a math level, like they've they've proved that um, like the world that we live in right now is a projection of something, another reality. It's like if we like watch a projection of something, like if you're watching Star Wars and they're like projecting a little person, like basically. This is like all a shadow effect of a projection of something that has already happened. Whoa. 
And it's it's like it's, it's a hologram. True. It's it's all like a projection of like what our subconscious is perceiving the world to be at this time. Hmm. But I also think there are like architects that kind of build what we see at the same time, and then we believe in what we see, and so we perpetuate the lie. See, that's what I was talking about that documentary you're talking about. What if the architects of that narrative wanted you to believe that there was a mass close encounters of the third kind? So then it had to be architects on both sides creating this illusion that there is aliens and then there's not, and that we get caught up so much in the middle of battling between they're real or not, that that's basically not relevant to the whole question of what's going on on a whole nother level. Stop thinking that there are two separate parties and realize that if you take the black pill and go way deep, like we're all controlled by those same 20 people. Sometimes they pull us left. Sometimes they pull us right, but they always keep us fighting. So those people are going to trickle down your alien psyop, but they're going to create it on both sides so that it happens just in the way that you described, but like take it up one step backwards on an objective scale. Yeah, Nick, mm. you're, you're going to start bleeding out of your eye. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new so, world. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do got to say, I got to go to bed soon. Because I have court in the morning. Oh, well, that's lovely. Oh, shit. Mm. That sucks. I'm sorry. That's, it's that's like 1020 stuff. here. Yeah, oh, I, I guess we are in a little bit of time difference. And I actually have to go to work in an hour and a half anyway, so... I was going to finish the first season of True Detective tonight. So. I thought you were going to watch Ooh. National You're gonna Treasure. Watch National like, Treasure. we don't have to stop at this. Like, we could ask, like, do a couple more questions, but then I got to go to bed. Ten four. So, so staying in the same, same thread. Area 51, ships that have crashed, all that stuff. PSYOP. PSYOP. You don't believe in any of it. Reverse uh, alien technology, all that stuff, negative. Well, I mean, I think some of that is real. I, I, I think that... We've interacted with the Greys. I think we've probably mm-hmm. interacted with other like interdimensional alien type beings. But the narrative that we've been spoon fed over the last century, I I think, is a psyop. Whoa. I think the whole like Stargates, Project Looking Glass, the Yellow Cube, all of that is reverse alien technology. Yep. But it's just not that like little green Mars attacks alien that everybody thinks it is. Oh, I was waiting for Nick to say he loves that movie. <laughs> Which movie? Mars Attacks. Never seen it. I'm also not 50 years old like some like you two over here. On the other side I actually too. love, I'm not going to say it's a, what did you call it? A top one movie? Top five. Top one. Top one. Yeah, top it's, one. It's not a one. top one. <laughs> Goodfellas was top one. National Treasure was top five. Okay. Do you, do you know how you feel right now by like me saying that like Mars Attacks is like a top one movie? Never seen Mars Attacks. Now, re- reverse that. That's how we felt about you <laughs> saying National Treasure. <laughs> Just when you think you couldn't fall any deeper into the matrix, you drop down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys should probably rewatch National Treasure. I'll I'll give it a try. I'll come back. To, I'll, I'll circle back to that. I mean, I'm not circle gonna, back. Circle I'm back. Not, I'm just pointing out. My dream job is to be a, a treasure hunter? hunter. Yeah. And that movie is. You know, you don't have to be employed to do that. That's what bums do. I know, but I would have to like win the lotto so I could like bank on me not finding shit ever. And still, I mean, provide. winning the lotto is like finding the treasure. There, your probability of winning the lotto is probably like, less than you want finding the national treasure. treasure in the national treasure, like Inception National Treasure. I liked on one of your previous shows how you said it was either you or your guest said lottery winners identify are, are time travelers. Yeah, time travelers. No, the government uses the lottery to identify time identify travelers. Identify the time travelers. Yeah, listen to that one. 
I like oh. that was that. Or sure. That's, that's yeah. Creepy. I want to meet one. I just want one of them to like phase right in front of me. Someday. Well, there's that one guy. He's well, won gonna the have to lottery hang out in a twice. shitty neighborhood because Je- it, it was Jeffrey Epstein. Who's oh, okay. won the lottery twice? Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yeah. That's how you have to realize that the lottery is a psyop. In Wait, how that much did he win? Jeffrey Epstein won twice. How much did he win? I mean, you're gonna have to go like hang out at a liquor store in Euclid to see somebody win the lottery. Yeah. In the I've hung okay, out this guy's name is store. Bill Morgan, and he won the lottery twice. White privilege. Um, Bill Bill Morgan. What about Epstein? I guess he was clinically dead for 14 days and came back to win the lottery twice. So he came back to life. That's a fucking time traveler right there. Holy oh. shit. Okay. That's like some quantum, so quantum Epstein leap shit. Allegedly, Epstein allegedly won $29.3 million lump sum after taxes in Oklahoma's Powerball lottery uh-huh. on July 2nd, 2008. What the fuck? Some suspect New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson of having rigged the lottery to pay out Epstein's Zorro Trust because he owed him a favor. Yep. Yeah, that's just... What the fuck? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing? We're waking you up. I want to go back to sleep. No. Because this is exhausting. (laughs) Welcome to the... uh, The gulag. Welcome to the other side. What would you rather do? Would you rather be like this, or would you rather pick soybeans? I've never had soy in my life. I'm not picking soybeans. You can shoot me on the spot if I get put in a soybean internment camp. (laughs) I'll go out like an American, first well, of all. With well, your boots on? Well, at least when we go yeah. to the Memenberg trials, oh. we'll have a good lawyer to uh, <laughs> represent us moving forward. Jesus. Maria, <sighs> this has been, yeah. I think I have to say, more than a treat. Top one? Um, <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> top one! <laughs> Whatever. In, in regards to our shows, this, this is probably a top one show. Uh, I know you could see Nick through the camera right now. If, if, if you look at his face... Congratulations, you, you you woke him up more than uh, he thought he was. And uh, screw you guys. You know, it's just it's just <laughs> been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, I love getting roasted well, for my so movie much. choices. Yeah. You know, I love roast. If I'm not roasting you, it doesn't it means I don't like you. So okay, it's yeah, well, I'll take that as a sign way, of affection. It's how I love. That's a sign of affection in our circles as well. No, that is true, but it's also that and calling someone fucker. <laughs> yeah. And saying you body bag people in the comment section. <laughs> <on Facebook. laughs> so, Very true. It, it's a it's a steady progressive process. Um, but but I'm glad we're all you know kind of working on this adventure together. Uh, Maria, can you tell our listeners where they could find you? I know there's a couple different places and, and some that you really like. So. So again, I am my Maria seven seven seven. You can find my Twitter like that. You can find my podcast like that. All major platforms except for Spotify. I'm on Gab. I don't really do anything there, but it's just kind of there as a backup. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at my Maria with an extra A, 777. And uh, I have a Telegram, but you have to get an invite. So slide into my DMs if you want that. She will answer you. And I tell you what, once you get in that thing, get ready to have those notifications blowing up because that is going on 24-7. It's, uh, yeah, I got to mute it, but it's still fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to do the same as well because it was just... Uh, well, it'll kill your phone battery. It's killing my watch battery. Because yeah. <laughs> it was just like a little uh, paper airplane every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we get out of here, we want to again 
Thank all the sponsors of the show. Stay Ready Gear. Man Reps. They're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> West Coast Survival Arms on Facebook. Mediocre Medic on Instagram. And Dumpbox. All the people that help support our show and are continuing to help us support the movement. Um, some credits to the show in regards to research. Tom Pabbert over to the National File, always reporting the uh, story before any of the mainstream media has the balls to do it. Jack Posobiec, who's become a uh, fan of a our fan? Instagram. Yeah, he's he, a friend of the show. Well, he likes my Almost? shit postings. I mean, he's he's hard at a couple of them, and then <laughs> who, I, who doesn't? I, I gave him the uh, office. Jim to Pam air high five, <laughs> and he hearted that one too. So me and him are kind of—I don't know wow. if you want to call it a thing. It's official. So yeah, he's he's on One America every day. He's on the War Room with Bannon every day. I'm sure he's probably just a robot or something. But. Let's hope his car breaks down <laughs> and he only has signal to download this show and he listens to this. Jasmine, and, Jasmine and Austin over at the Russian Disinformation Podcast. We the people and the Orange Men. Our group chats and ideas bouncing all week. Uh, help fill a lot of the narrative that is this show uh, in regards to getting the message out to everyone via this podcast. Top friends. Let's see if we can get Nick to laugh. Top one friends. Kalila 3 always has really good... Uh, <laughs> Screw you, Noah. <laughs> Kalila 3, great Instagram repost of our show whenever we drop it. She, she usually has some uh, select audio clips of rants that were going on. Nice. Axia 4.0 through... 6.0. I'm sure she has some other ones by now because we're all getting nuked. Baby cake 2.0. <laughs> Why do you giggle every week? I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what I mean to say, the Fit Patriot and Law of One who were previous guests, Jewel Thief 1776, formerly Wonder Woman, she'll be a future guest, and of course, My Maria 777. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yes, this has been an absolute treat. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. And uh, we are very appreciative of you taking time out of your busy schedule to come down to the uh, dregs and hang out with the boys over at the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Yeah, that was awesome. No dregs. We're all on the same level. I'm going to work on waking Nick up a little bit more so he'll be a little bit more prepared next time. I just wasn't prepared for, like, the first of all, you guys shitting on National Treasure it was kind of <laughs> disheartening. Um, yeah, that kind of threw me off. But. Well, guess what? I'll recover. It's all right. I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. It's on Disney Plus for all you assholes who have kids. Show your kids that movie. All you need to know is it's literally one person at this table besides for you. <laughs> I'm looking directly at him. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This podcast isn't real, but at the same time, it's already happened. So, yeah, enjoy. I'm Wrong. Gonna, I'm just going to keep drinking Thanks, some whiskey. Guys. Maria, thank you for coming on. We, we hope to get together again down the road, maybe in sure. person, maybe via podcast. Or both. You know, or both. So we, we should... Maybe an in-person podcast. That's actually my new favorite thing Ooh. to do. Boom. I'm about to do another one in two weeks. That that would be awesome. We're going to have to clean up the studio a little bit. Or, or yeah. Something. Or, yeah, probably. Um, you but guys should travel to Nashville. Keep talking about coming to Nashville. I wouldn't hate that. I'm not opposed. Yeah, I would, I would probably Ro like that very much. There's good barbecue. Nashville, I'm in there like swimwear. They're, they're known for yeah. their barbecue. Yeah. It's and kind of a thing. Music. Okay, well. So until next week, we'll watch National Treasure on the flight over there. Stay woke, stay informed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a psyop. Steal the Constitution. Yep. Look, here's the deal. <laughs> We're all screwed. And on behalf of the podcast, I'm Roan. Noah. Dakota. I'm National Treasure fan number one. <laughs>
And this has been the Steak and Breakfast <laughs> Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>